Thanks, Casey. And um, yeah, good morning, everyone, as well. And um, yeah, we're starting a new series. Might be a little bit too loud. <laughs> That's all right. Starting a new series um, this week for the next little bit called Unhurry. You can see the tortoise death staring anybody who's in a rush <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> he's nice and slow. And um, yeah, just taking time to think about how to slow down a bit. Um, we actually already looked at this verse earlier in the year, but it kind of seemed to resonate with a lot of people, um, with me as well, and sort of thought, well, we'll actually need to come back to it and go a bit deeper, um, because this is a really important invitation that Jesus offers of rest. Because um, it's interesting, like we had, we had some lockdowns just recently, and we had the bigger lockdown last year, and um, there's definitely major challenges with that, and, and many things cancelled, and difficulties that that caused people. Um, but this might have been true for you as well, and um, I've heard it from a few different people that people said last year, particularly with that longer lockdown, yes, it was hard, and yes, there were difficulties, and yes, there were problems, but actually, I really liked it. <laughs> like, some, some people I heard, and uh, lis- listening to other pastors say the same thing that people in their congregation have sort of whispered to them, oh, I really actually appreciated that time, because it, it was a time where we were kind of forced to slow down. Um, it was a time we were forced to embrace simplicity, we were to, had to rest, um, maybe we were bored, um, had to, just didn't have a full calendar, actually just had an empty calendar, and actually it was, for a lot of people, maybe the first experience of that type of slower life of rest, and was actually, people realized that, whoa, we'd just been way too busy, like, life was just hectic, and actually it's so good just to come back and slow down and prioritize God and prioritize family, prioritize a different rhythm and a different season. And I think a fair few people were kind of thinking, even as things opened up again, like a bit of nervousness that it's just going to go back to how it was. And and how do we carry some of this slower pace into life when it goes back to some sort of normality? I suppose one thing to reflect on is, I guess, how did that go? Um, Because I guess in my own life and, and even kind of thinking about just talking to people and and kind of seeing things this year, it kind of seemed like last year we were forced to slow down, and now things have opened up, it's busier than ever. <laughs> like, people's life, pace of life, it's like, that was on hold, and now there's so much to catch up on, and it's almost everyone I'm talking to is just very, very busy. There's just lots and lots to do, and it's almost like we had to slow down, but now we're even more busy, and perhaps even more tired, um, yeah, when, I, when we talked at this passage last year, we kind of thought, well, Jesus asks if you're tired or weary. And I was like, well, actually, I think most of us are pretty tired. And it's only the start of the year, but we're tired, but also busy, and then also busy, which kind of leads to being more tired and kind of a rush and a pace of life that is not really sustainable. Um, so I guess what we're doing is taking some time to think about this concept of unhurry or slowing down not just in lockdown, but as an actual rhythm of life, um, because that's what Jesus' invitation is to us. Um, we're just going to go through basically just these three verses today in um, Matthew 11. We're going to look at that in the NIV. We're also going to look at it in the um, message, because it kind of gives a bit of a different take. And again, these are verses, there's a good chance you've heard them before. Um, they maybe can kind of just be too familiar but they're actually profound, and they're actually really important in a world that is very busy and distracted and hurried. So let's look at Matthew eleven twenty-eight again, just that first verse there. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
So it's an amazing invitation Jesus gives, right? To people who are tired, to people who are weary, to people who are burdened, he says, come to me and he will give rest. Um, I'll read that, just that verse in the message as well. This is Eugene Peterson. It's kind of like a paraphrase. It's kind of his thoughts on the passage as well. It's not a literal translation. He says it this way. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Again, this is a profound invitation from Jesus. And what we're looking at today, that basically in our hurried world, Jesus offers us an invitation to come to him. There's, there's busyness, there's, there's lots on, but he offers us this invitation to come to him. And in the context of that day, it was like he's talking to people who are burdened, particularly with religious demands, um, particularly the, the um, rules of the Pharisees. And maybe that's true for some today as well. But I think in, in lots of cases today, it's really this burden of a pace of life that's unsustainable uh, the technological pace of life, just the speed of life, and particularly the burden of a life without God. Because living without God, particularly in a world that's increasingly more and more uncertain and dangerous, is an incredibly big burden. Um, if you can just go to that next one, that next slide there. Um, yeah, so this is the invitation from Jesus. Um, and it's interesting, right, because like, I, I, I'm pretty sure back, back in the day, um, I was reading some stuff that sort of said... Um, people predicting the future were sort of looking at the technology that was coming out in the world, looking at computers, looking at how we can just make tasks that would have taken a long time a lot shorter, which has just progressed more and more. And people started to think, well, what are people going to do with all their time in the future? <laughs> like, like people are going to be able to do their job in a few hours, and then they're just going to have all this time of leisure, and there's going to be these big problems with boredom, and how are people going to fill their calendars? And, and that just is not at all what happened. It's like the more technology we've had, the faster it is to do things, the more that we do. And the more that we cram into life. And now it just seems to pick up more and more that it's not so much that we can do things faster so we do less, it's that we can do things faster so we do even more. And then life is even faster and more filled than ever. Um, and yeah, you probably, we've, we've said this before, but it still happens and it still happens with me as well, you ask someone how they're going, maybe it even happened this morning, and the first response is, good, just, just busy. And, and, and it's almost like we're so busy, we don't know how we're going. Like, all we can say is, well, there's just lots happening. Like, we don't actually really know how we are because we're so um, distracted and busy. John Mark Comer, I'll just read this quote um, on the next slide, says this. He says, pay attention to this idea of how are you, I'm busy. He says, pay attention, you'll find this answer everywhere, across ethnicity, gender, stage of life, even class, college students are busy, young parents are busy, empty nesters living on a golf course are busy, CEOs are busy, so are bar barristers, part-time nannies, Americans are busy, Kiwis are busy, Germans are busy, we're all busy. Uh, I'm sure there's some people that aren't, but, but like, basically the norm is to be very busy. And even in, if you're in stage of life, perhaps, perhaps even retired, and you think oh, this is a stage of life to not be busy, but, but people are busy, and, and life is quite full. And it's hard to slow down in our world because it's almost like that's the norm. And people think you're strange if you're not busy. Um, as well, there's just so much distraction now, partly because of the technologies that we have, um, 
it's because of media and things that, that life, there's, there's so many things that come at us all the time. And I don't know if you've had this experience. I think it's a pretty normal thing for young people. Um, it happened to me this morning again. I, I go to do something on my computer and there's a notification or the distraction or there's something else that happens. And after a couple of minutes, I forget what I was even going to do. And, and then I have to think about it for a while and then come back. Like just doing a simple task, like checking an email, is like, contested ground where you can't even do that one thing because there's all these things like competing for our attention. So we're constantly distracted and go to one, from one thing to another. And we sort of might be thinking like, well, this isn't really a big deal. Why are we talking about this in church? Like there's, there's bigger problems than, than hurry or busyness. But the more and more people I'm reading and, and things we're considering is that like maybe this is not what you'd think of as a big problem, but actually is a really significant problem in our day and age. Um, again, I'll read another quote from, um, this, is, this is from John Ortberg. He says this on that next slide. He says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, it's that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle, settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. So it's not, yeah, for most of us, it's not that we're going to forget about God completely, but that we're actually not going to go deep with him and deep with each other and actually miss out on what this Jesus is offering, which is a life that's, that's with him and that's a life of rest. So we're going to the next part of Jesus' invitation in verse 29. To this hurried world, he says, come to him for rest. On the next slide, it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So he says, come to me for rest, take my yoke. I'm gentle and humble in heart, you'll find rest. The message, um, again, kind of a bit of a different slant on it, the message translation, the next one says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So this next point is that in a hurried world, Jesus offers us an invitation to come to him as actually an of invitation to learn a new way of life. So sort of during lockdown, that was almost an experience of a new way of life. Jesus offers an invitation to learn his way of life throughout our lives, not just dependent on external circumstances. You can just go to that, that next one. That'd be great. Um, yeah, oh, sorry, Pete. Yeah, yeah, just one more. That's great. Awesome, thanks. So, um, yeah, this, this sort of yoke, um, we've talked about it before, but again, sort of come back to it, is, is Jesus' way of life which includes his teaching, but not just his teaching, but also his way of living. Um, Jesus calls us to look at him and copy him and mimic him and, and live life like he lived life in, in all of his life, not just in what he says, but also what he does. And it's an interesting question to think, was Jesus ever in a rush? Did Jesus ever seem frantic or hurried or distracted? Um, did Jesus ever just snap at somebody? <laughs> like, like um, no, Jesus always seems relaxed, um, even in like incredibly stressful situations. Like, like there's the story that he's been asked to go and heal this man's daughter. There's crowds around. This girl's dying, and he's interrupted by a woman who's had this issue of blood, and he doesn't know who's touched her. And then he calls, he heals her, and talks to her. And then this people come and say, "This girl's dead now," and the crowd's freaking out. Like, that's an incredibly stressful situation with interruptions and life and death needs, and Jesus is, like, totally relaxed. 
He's not racing to that person's house. He's not worried about being interrupted. In fact, most of the time, Jesus is interrupted. He's doing something, he's interrupted, and he just uses it as a teaching tool. He is open and gracious and kind. Um, Jesus didn't rush. Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was in his 30s. Um, He just waited patiently. Interesting, though, he was, you could say Jesus was busy, right? Like, Jesus' life was full, like, like, especially in his ministry. Like, he had to get forced, like, get time away with God in the middle of the night or early in the morning. Like, he had a full calendar, but he wasn't hurried. He, so there's this distinction, really, in a sense, between being busy and being hurried. John Ortberg puts it this way. If you can just go to that next one, um, that next slide, that being busy is having a full schedule with many activities. It's an outward condition. It is physically demanding, and it reminds me that I need God. In that sense, like, what we're talking about is not like a life where you do nothing. <laughs> like, like, having things to do is good, and having lots of things to do is good. Having a full life is good. But that's like the external thing. The issue is the internal condition, which is to be hurried. And the way that he describes that is to be hurried is to be preoccupied, unable to be fully present. It's an inner condition of the soul. In that sense, like, you can be hurried when you don't have much on your schedule. Like, like you can be in a rush when there's actually not that much to do. Um, the hurry is spiritually draining, and it causes me to be unavailable to God. He says, busyness migrates to hurry when we let it squeeze God out of our lives. So the problem isn't so much having things to do. The problem is the heart and the posture that we go about life particularly when we go about it without God. Um, and that's kind of the, the issue. And Jesus, obviously, his example is a life that is busy and full, but it's a life of total trust and dependence on his Father, trusting in God's timing, seeing the Spirit work through him. So he has a full schedule, but he's not hurried at all. And what we're called to do is to watch him and seek to learn to live like him, which is what's called taking on his yoke. It's, it's a way of living, a way of life. Uh, another author, um, Dale Bruner, about this yoke, he says this, if you just click on that next slide there, he says, a yoke is a work instrument. This is farming um, metaphor. Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers le- need least. They need a mattress or a vacation, not a yoke. Right? Like it's something you have to carry. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibility. Realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. We cannot get away from them. Thus, instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Jesus means that obedience to his Sermon on the Mount, his yoke, will develop in us a balance and a way of carrying life that will give more rest than the way we have been living. So it's it's actually a way of life that Jesus calls us to, which is his teaching, but it's also Jesus' way of living that actually we're to take on and learn from. And like I said earlier, there's, there's no choice to not have a burden. You either have the burden of life without God or you have the burden of life with God, which looks like following Jesus and his way, which he says is a burden, but it's actually one that leads to rest. He actually describes it in this last verse. If you go to that next one, verse um, 30, um, Matthew 11.30 says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, again, the message version of this says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. 
keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Um, so basically, in our, in our hurried world, Jesus offers us an invitation to come to him to learn a new way of life, life with him which is easy and light and brings rest. And that's, that's a profound thing, right? Like, even still, even still when I was thinking about this today, like to think Jesus says that following him is easy and light. Like, this is probably not how we normally think of following Jesus. Like, there's, there's difficult things about following Jesus. He calls us to do things that are hard. But it's easy to just be like, it's just hard, right? But no, Jesus says it's easy and light and restful. And it's because it's a life with God. It's a life with Him. He actually calls us to a burden, but it's a burden that He carries with us. So it's freer and lighter. Um, you probably have heard this metaphor, but the idea is of a yoke is that there's two animals um, joined together and one is more experienced and stronger and it really carries the load and there's another one next to it that sort of walks with it and doesn't have to take as much of a load. And the, the metaphor is that Jesus carries the load, we walk next to him and he carries the weight of it. There's still a weight that we carry, but he takes most of it. So what we have to do is don't take the load, right? He carries the load, we don't take the load. And that's easier said than done because it's very easy for us to think that the burden of life, perhaps the burden of responsibilities God has given us is our burden and we have to carry it. And we forget that, no, it's God's burden and we have a part to play and we need to not take the load, not take the load that's his to carry. Um, I was thinking of a story in my own life of this. Um, I was telling someone about this the other day. I was at another church for, for a few years, and um, when I first went there, they didn't have any musicians at all. Um, uh, so I walked in, and after a week or two, I was kind of like, well, I can play the piano. I'm happy to start playing the piano. Um, and then it wasn't long, and I was playing the piano every week. <laughs> and then I was playing the piano morning and night every week. And, and it was okay. It was kind of like I was young, young like, like in my young 20s. Like I was excited about ministry. I was at Bible college. I was pretty happy to do that started doing stuff with the youth group as well. It had like a pretty big load, but it was, it was okay. Um, but some things changed, um, and a couple of years went on, and it just wasn't really okay anymore. It was, it was too heavy a load, um, and actually some things changed in the church, and it actually just wasn't a very good place for me to be anymore. And I kind of needed to leave, but I couldn't leave because there wasn't any other musicians. So if I leave, they have no music. So for a long time, I was stuck in this place of, well, I don't want to be here. I don't think I should be here. But if I leave, they won't have anyone to play the music. So I can't leave. Like, and I carried this burden. And that, that became a heavy burden. And that, didn't, that wasn't good. And eventually, it got to the place where I was like, well, I just have to leave. I have to stop. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen with the music, but this is really bad for me. I need to take a break. So I did. I just sort of said, this is the date. Um, sorry, but I won't be playing anymore. I'm going to be moving on. And I did that, and I think the next week someone came along who could play the piano. It was like a week or two. And I was like, ah, that wasn't my burden, right? Like, like that's God's burden. That's God's responsibility. Um, we have a part to play, and it's to follow Him and to play a part with Him. But sometimes, especially in church, it's so easy to take on a huge burden and think it's all our responsibility. It's like, no, it's, it's God's. Don't take the load. Let Him take His load. We need to not take His, but just ours. The same way, in this sort of metaphor, if it's going to be easy and light, we need to not run ahead. Um, don't run ahead 
We're not the ones who set the pace. And again, that's pretty difficult because um, maybe there's something that we're passionate about or excited about or perhaps even something God said that he's going to do. And again, if you're like me, you think it means now, right? Like, like let's go. Like, let's, let's move ahead. And if you run ahead and God's here, you again, you start to take the load and it doesn't work and it's, it's frustrating and it's difficult. Um, if we want to set the pace, we, we miss out on that ease and that lightness because we're kind of forgetting God and rushing ahead by ourselves. So you need to not rush ahead. Um, and because really, often, God's pace is a lot slower than ours. Uh, I'm not sure if you've experienced that, but, but perhaps you want something to happen. And it does happen, but it ends up happening a lot slower than what we expected. God was working, but he seems to work in a slower way, particularly slower than our kind of culture's um, way, like technological fast speed. Um, there's this really cool quote. I think he's a Japanese theologian. Um, he says this. He's got a book called Three Mile an Hour God because that's about how fast you walk, three miles an hour. And he says this, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has its speed. It's an inner speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It is slow, yet it is Lord over all other speeds, since it is the speed of love. And God is love. Right? And Jesus, even in these verses, says that he's humble and he's gentle. He's not in a rush. He operates at a different pace. Um, again, I've experienced this, like, God says something or the sense that something's going to happen, and it does, but it's, it's a way slower. And God's doing a deeper work in the meantime. And what's needed is just to go at his pace and just to have patience and just to slow down, um, to embrace his love and his timing and just be loved by him and love others in the meantime. Again, it's so profound what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. The first thing he says about love is that it's patient. Love gives time. Again, it's, it's not perhaps what we'd normally think. Love, in that sense, is really incompatible with hurry. If you're hurried, you're frantic, want things to happen, that's not, that doesn't work with love. Love is patient and gives time. So we need to not run ahead. We need to learn God's pace of love. So what we're going to really do, um, the plan over the next few weeks, is to look at some aspects particularly of Jesus' life, some things that he does and teaches on that are practices and, and rhythms and things that we can sort of put into our life to unhurry and to learn to slow down. So it's not just in a lockdown that, that happens, but it can actually work into a rhythm of life. We're going to look at some things like practicing time alone in silence and solitude, uh, which Jesus did. He like really prioritized moving away from crowds, moving away from people and just being with his father. Um, even sometimes having to do it in the middle of the night. Um, we're going to look at practicing and some form of rest or Sabbath, which, which Jesus did. Um, embracing simplicity, learning to slow down, and trust God who's in control. So th these are like, we could call them spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines. Even Eugene Peterson talks about the, the rhythms of grace, um, things that we can put into our life that actually kind of put some limits and put space to slow down and connect with God. So that's kind of what we're, where we're going. This today is kind of just a bit of an intro. Um, I guess sort of out of today, perhaps, um, 
some things to just reflect on and, and consider. Uh, just maybe what is the impact of hurry on your life at the moment and what's its impact spiritually? Um, maybe we don't really think of it as a spiritual condition. We just think we're just busy and we need to stop doing things. But, but actually, what about just spiritually? How is hurry and a hurry heart impacting you spiritually? Perhaps reflect, if that was true of you, that, that maybe there were things in lockdown that were beneficial did they get worked into your life or, or were they kind of just forgotten about? That was last year and now we're just rushed ahead. And, and maybe this is an opportunity to go back and actually say, no, there were things that were really important. I want to build them into my life. And perhaps reflect on hurry and its impact on love. Perhaps you're carrying some burdens today that are actually not yours. Um, they're God's burdens. And you need to give the load back to Him. Or you're running at a pace that's not His pace. And actually, there's a need to slow down and keep in step with the pace of his love, which is often slow. And often we think of slow as bad. Fast is good, slow is bad. But that's not true. Um, in the kingdom, often God works slow, but he works over generations, and he's building things that last. And there's this really cool verse in Isaiah 61, which um, prophecy about Jesus and how he'll set captives free, and how he'll um, restore joy, and how he's going to like bring freedom, and then it talks about the transformation that he's going to bring to people, so that then in this verse 3, he says that they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. When you think about like an oak tree that is slow growth, deep growth, but leads to strength and stability. It's not in a rush. It doesn't just spring up overnight. It takes time, but it's this picture of strength and patience, and fruit that lasts. And what if that's really what God's doing? That he, he doesn't want people that just skim the surface, but he wants people who go deep, who grow deep roots in him, so we could actually be oaks of righteousness. And actually, people, if we are people who are relaxed and at peace in a frantic world, that will display God's glory so much. And if we were a community of that, what could that look like as well? So let's pray, and then, yeah, just encourage you to engage with this over the next few weeks um, in this series. Just thank you, Jesus, um, yeah, for this invitation that you give to us again. Um, just help us to hear it afresh. Um, yeah, if we are tired and, and busy or hurried at the moment, Lord, um, you, know, you know each of our schedules, you know the needs and demands, you know the stresses, and yet you say to us, come, Come to me and I will give you rest. Just ask God for new rhythms and new practices in our lives and in our community. Um, God, we'll be people who can go deep with you and be at peace and at rest, even when things are busy. Just ask for your peace and the work of your spirit. Um, so yeah, we just offer this series to you, Lord, offer this season to you. Ask that you'd realign things in our hearts in your name, Jesus. Amen.